Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefney Early and you are listening to a special edition of A Current Affair here on the podcast. Now you might be saying, this sounds kind of familiar. Well yes, we did a special edition of A Current Affair last week because of the moratorium around the general election. We went a little bit early in the week and today we are on a Tuesday and that is because the election finished yesterday. Well you say the election finished on Saturday, Brefney, and you're right but the count took place over the last two days. And in our constituency here in County Leitrim, we were all eyes focused on the Sligo Park Hotel Sunday and Monday of this week. And thankfully, we have some white smoke. Now, what we're going to do over today's show is bring you into the count centre and have a chat with some of the people who we met over the course of those 48 hours while we were allowing the wheels of democracy to turn rather slowly but we'll give you a little bit of a speeded up version in that over the next 30 or 40 minutes or so we'll talk to some of the candidates we'll chat to others who are involved in the campaigns for those candidates and we'll find out the results of the election i'm sure you've heard the results at this stage but let's bring you a little bit of an in-depth look behind the scenes of what goes on at the count Martin Kenny, we're speaking before the first count is officially read out, but it's looking promising for yourself to be comfortably elected on the first count. Yeah, I think it's very clear from the tally figures and from the uh, exit poll last night as well, but the tally figures have really confirmed that, that we're going to be elected on the first count. We're looking at around 25% of the vote, which is huge, and it's certainly more than I expected. I knew a couple of weeks or a week into the campaign that I was going very well and was tempted to start thinking maybe we could top the poll, you know, and thinking that could be 10,000 votes, but it looks like it'll be closer to 15. So it is a huge vote and it's a huge endorsement of the Sinn Féin manifesto, not just in this constituency, but across the country. People want change, people want a different Ireland, different priorities, and that's I think, has been reflected in this huge vote. What would you put this national move towards Sinn Féin down to? Uh, I'd put it down to um, a yearning for, for, for something different. People are tired of the old failed policies of the past, and they want to move into something new. They've looked at Sinn Féin, they recognise that we have excellent spokespeople, that we have you know, very grounded, sensible policies that's about providing solutions for the day-to-day problems that people endure. Uh, people and, and the, the government talk about economic recovery, but it seems to be only an economic recovery for the elite. The ordinary people out there that are working hard, even on reasonable salaries, are paying huge taxes and getting no services for it, and they want different. And they've said that in this ballot. And uh, I think that's really reflected across the whole country. They also have, of course, the issue of Irish unity is something that came up on many doorsteps. And Sinn Féin are very strong on that, and we want a plan for unity, and we want to put a plan in place, not just to unite the country, but to make the country, the whole island, a prosperous New Ireland, which is a, a beacon of hope for the world, and that's what we want to do. Your leader, Mary Lou MacDonald, has talked about how uh, she wants to sit down with each of the parties and analyse what potential is there to form a government. Yep. Do you see yourself as part of that government, and do you see Sinn Féin as part of that government? I think we should be part of that government. I think that's what, what this... Um, look, look, like you can clear about it with the, the swing and the huge vote that Sinn Féin has got. In, in essence, Sinn Féin has won this election. And I, I think that that needs to be reflected in whatever government comes out at the end of the process. Uh, of course, Mary Lou has said, and she's quite correct, and that's what we've been saying all along, is that we should sit down and talk to everybody. But the first people we're going to talk to are other like-minded parties and see, can a government be formed without either Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael? Because the people, in some extent, have rejected both of them in this election. And I think that's going to be what is the first step 
The next step then after that will be to see what kind of programme government can be generated, what that will look like, and talk to everyone about that then. But we do not want to be in government if we're going to be in government for it to be uh, a prop to implement the same failed policies of the past. We want a new set of a new agenda, a new agenda which is about uh, new priorities, about families and workers and, and people out there making sure that they have a new future and that's what we want to do. In terms of the numbers now, it's very early in the night to be talking about numbers nationally, but the best predictions probably put a combined Fine Fall Fine Gael um, grouping at a, just over the 80 mark, which would eliminate the opportunity to do that. Can you see either of those given a confidence supply to that alliance you talked about, that left-leaning alliance? I don't know. Um, I would I would hope that that could be possible, but I mean it's it's all to be it's all to be negotiated, and that that happens you know in other places rather than here in a count centre when we're about to announce the first count. So to be honest, I haven't really thought that through in depth, but. Um, no, I, I, I think I think we're, we're we're looking at a change politics. I think this is a new election which has 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 really been a wave of support coming to Sinn Fein. It's a support for change. It's from a lot of it is from young people, from people that have a changed attitude, young and old. I think we we've seen that in the Eighth Amendment result. We've seen it in the marriage equality result. Now we see it in this election. I think Ireland has matured and is looking for a different politics and a different type of structure to its economy, to its society, and how we move forward. Well, listen, just ahead of the election, another couple of minutes to go for the first count here. It looks very much like you'll be top on the poll. Congratulations on a fantastic Thank campaign. Much. Thank you very much. And I'm very grateful to everyone out there who came out and voted for me or voted for any candidate in this election, but particularly those who voted for me, whether it was a number one, two, three or four. That's what makes a difference, engaging in the democratic process. And, you know, this is a victory for me tonight, but it's a victory for everyone who voted in the election as well. Before I let you go, just I know we spoke about it when we had you in before the election. Do you feel vindicated on your stance that you took in on that issue or, or is that even in the back of your mind anymore? It's not really it's not really in the back of my mind to be honest and I, you know I, I think uh, I, I think we have to we have to move on with life you know thanks very much Now I'm here with Blohin Gallagher and Blohin we're standing right beside your name in the as they're starting to count the second count here and your votes have just been brought down your transfers have been brought down how are you feeling how are you happy with how or are you happy with how it's going so far I am very happy Brettany with how it's gone so far I mean I didn't even have a full three weeks of a campaign because of the way it was called I was away um, I'm a first time candidate for this and um, what I have to thank is everyone who has voted for me, all the people who have supported me and um, you know everyone's vote counts and that's what I love about this PR system that it's really really it's a really good um, demonstration of democracy at work and it's quite exciting to be at the count centre and see and see how things are going. Now we're sitting here while two girls are going through your, your counts and just checking to make sure that uh, we're looking at the surplus of Martin Kenny. It's a Leitrim vote uh, for Martin, obviously, as well as everywhere else, but Leitrim strong vote. You're a Leitrim candidate. It seems to be fairly good at the moment for you. Looking, are you happy with what's sitting in front of you here to be counted? 
one would always love more. I mean, of course one would love more. But I'm happy. I am happy that people chose to give me a second preference. I'm happy for any mark on the ballot paper because it means people have heard my message. And the most important message for me is to get the Green message out there so we can let rural Ireland see that actually the Green Party is the friend of rural Ireland. In terms of the overall national picture, it has been a relatively good campaign for the Greens overall. Are you disappointed you won't be taking a seat here in, in Sligo Leitrim or was that ever realistically going to be a, a realistic option? I, I think, Brettany, when you have um, three sitting, two sitting TDs, uh, three, three sitting TDs um, that and one space and there were a number of very well known people very very well known people with lots of money is behind them you know that they had the party big party machine we were a small party but the green wave is starting to make its mark you will see that there are a number of green TDs returned and the most important thing we want to do is make sure that the green message permeates everything that happens in Ireland not just it's not just about the environment or biodiversity it's about everything from health housing, transport, all of those things that make living important. What we want to do is focus on quality of life. So if I've got that message out there a little bit, then I just have to build on this. And, you know, I've, when you look around at all those people who did give me their first preference vote, I, I want to do something to make sure that I can acknowledge that honour by continuing to do some work over the next few years. What are your plans locally? Obviously, we, we spoke before about how you're the, the editor of the Leitrim Guardian. Will you continue in that role? What else, in terms of community involvement, do you see yourself been involved in over the next few years? Well, currently, I'm, uh, I'm chair of the Model, um, Arts, the Model Arts Centre Center in Sligo. I'm chair of the Leitrim Environmental Network. I'm, as you know, editor of the Leitrim Guardian. I'm also the national coordinator of the Green Party, chair of the national executive of the Green Party. So right now I'm very busy with my voluntary work. I also have, uh, you know, I'm an independent researcher by day. So I would never rule anything in, rule anything out. But uh, to me, being involved in the community is so important. And um, I felt by running here, um, I could make a change that would develop our community a little bit more. So, so um, let's hope, let's see what happens. In terms of the national executive role that you mentioned with the Green Party, can you see yourself, uh, or the Green Party at least, been uh, part of the discussion about running a new government in a couple of weeks' time? We at the Green Party have not ruled anybody in or ruled anybody out. We're going to talk to everybody. What we see as important is making sure that our programme gets the needs get met. So we will talk to everybody to see what can be done to ensure that the climate emergency and the biodiversity loss is at the centre of every single thing that's put forward for the next five to ten years because we don't have more than ten years to make this change. Well done on a, on a pretty good poll, uh, considering I suppose where the Green Party was and as you mentioned, you were uh, you're, you're away when the election was called, so you, you didn't get an opportunity to really hit the ground running as early as the rest of the candidates, so congratulations. Thanks very much, Brefney, and of course being on crutches didn't help as well, so. but anyway, I'm never one to shirk a challenge. Marion Harkin, it's, uh, it's count night, how's the emotions? Yeah. Well, look, things have settled. I mean, earlier on in the day, um, you know, Ocean was saying that I had cause for concern. But look, when the final tallies came in on the first count, um, I'm in third place, just about 30 votes behind Mark McSharry. And we have done the tallies for the second preferences. And I think 
and getting about 18 percent of martin kenny's his surplus which will be a significant number of votes and then ocean of course did their uh, exit poll which showed i was the most transfer friendly so look if that keeps going and we hope it will and our tallies show us it will um, i would be very hopeful I was looking down through the list you mentioned some of your, your I suppose, bat- people you're battling out with for those last three seats on the in the doll the next in the next doll in terms of the numbers Fianna Gael look to have most of a quota Fianna Fáil have probably just a little over a quota between the three candidates there are you confident you can pick up enough of the, the surplus to, to see yourself edge through that field and take that seat well the, that's what the tallies are telling me but tallies always come with a health warning but look I'm an optimistic person uh, as my brother said I'm realistic optimistic and realistic optimistic uh, on the tallies tells me that I, I should. You have a fairly big team here with you tonight. You must have had a lot of support out uh, over the last few weeks on the canvas. Yes, we did. And one of the lovely things was that some of those people who um, had canvassed with me in the 2002 election and you know maybe hadn't taken part in the Europeans as much, they all came back and some more new ones. And I also had people from outside the constituency. I had an independent councillor come down from Kildare. I had Podge Connolly over from Monaghan. And I had a few others uh, from Galway, you know, came over, gave me a day, two days. And Jerry Cowley came, gave me a full day up around Tubbercurry. I mean, it was brilliant. And it was great for my canvassers as well. How have the last 24 or 48 hours been for you as the, as the, I suppose everything sets in and the people start to cast their votes? Well, once the um, exit poll came, you know, then I knew I was in with a chance. Uh, as today has gone on, that has improved, you know, a little bit. But look, it's an exciting time. It's a nerve-wracking time. But to be honest, I think it's more nerve-wracking for my canvassers than for me uh, because... Um, you know, how would I put it? You know, you think at one point the election will never come and then before you know it, it's there. And you just take it as it comes. And you are so grateful for people's votes and people's trust in you. Uh, and it's, it's a huge responsibility, but it's one that you ask for. And uh, like we had um, a warm reception on the campus. But what I could never be sure of was how much of that would translate into number one votes. And, um, you know, it looks as if enough of it did. In terms of tonight, I suppose, we've one more count to go. There's not enough votes there. Even 18% of what's there is probably about about maybe 500 votes or so, five 600 votes. It won't get you across the quota. But are, how, will you sleep tonight? Or? I sleep like a baby. I always sleep well. I'm blessed, um, you know, no matter what I'm doing. Because um, I think if I didn't, it would be hard to keep going. But, um, no, you, I get great energy from canvassing and from elections. And part of the reason for that is, I suppose, I sleep well and I eat well. Excellent. Listen, congratulations on a fantastic first um first count uh, and best luck with the, the transfers as you said going forward and, and hopefully we'll be talking to Marion Harkin TD uh, by the end of this particular show. Please God. Frank Feehan it's just after midday here on the second day of the count in, in Sligo Leitrim. What are the emotions going through your, your head right now? 
Um, I think of a 50-50 chance of uh, getting elected. Uh, a lot of transfers are going my way. The Sligo transfers now are going to the Sligo candidates, but uh, I would hope that I will get something of uh, Shane Ellis, of uh, Sean Wynn and Blahine Gallagher, uh, the Legion-based candidates. So it's all to play for, and um, it's going to be a long day, and uh, hopefully 50-50 chance of getting the seat. And are you happy with how it's panned out or a little disappointed? What's the overriding emotion? Well, I'm very happy with my uh, first preference votes and I'm happy that I seem to be getting transfers. Uh, but you need a lot of luck. It all depends who goes out first, where the transfers come from. And so far, uh, I'd be satisfied enough. Also, Marion Harkin is eating into a lot of transfers. She'll definitely be elected. That actually could help me uh, in, in the long run. But uh, it's too early to say. Will it come down to individual, maybe inter-party battles between yourself and Thomas Walsh for that one seat and uh, Sinn Féin or it's not Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil and Mark McSharry and Eamon Scanlon for the other seat or, or is it yourself versus Scanlon for the last seat? I think if I'm ahead of Thomas Walsh then maybe if there's a 50% uh, uh, transfer rate within Fine Gael, I have a chance of overtaking Eamon Scanlon and vice versa if Thomas Walsh is ahead of me my number two could help overtake uh, Scanlon, but as I said, it's going to be down to, I'd say it'll be uh, between 100 votes. You looked pretty excited here last night, you looked a bit nervous. Uh, how did you sleep? slept very, very well. It's, um, I've had a very, very interesting, very enjoyable campaign, and um, that's the most important thing. Uh, I suppose when you're at politics 20 years, uh, you realise there's slings and arrows, and there's, uh, it can be a roller coaster, and there's there's nothing you can do about it. The die is cast and you hope that uh, the dice rolls your way. And if it, if it does, well, wonderful. If it doesn't, you know what? It'll still rain tomorrow and I'll still have to carry on with life. In terms of the picture nationally, how has this campaign been for Fine Gael, in your opinion? It's been a very difficult campaign for Fine Gael. Uh, I suppose nine years in government. Um, uh, people wanted change and I can, I can appreciate that. I lost some very, very good colleagues uh, in Fine Gael, but I lost some very good colleagues across the board in Fianna Fáil and other parties and very, very good friends. So um, I feel that, uh, you know, and that is politics. There's new people taking over. There's a renewal within politics. And, you know, when I got elected first, I took over somebody else's seat. And that's the way politics works. But you see people have put so much work and uh, so much energy into represent their constituents and doing what was right by the country, cross-party, and it, it is uh, very um, sad to see them losing out. I suppose two questions. One, if you're elected, what's the next steps for yourself? And two, if not elected, is the Senate an option for you? Well, look, um, I've always taken every case of time I hope I'll be elected here, and should I not, then I have to look at other options. But um, I hope that today I'll be successful, and if I'm not successful, then I have to make another decision and see whether I go for the Senate or not. Well, Frankie, listen, hope the dice falls in your favour and the very best of luck to you in the next few hours. Thank you very much, Brefney. Now, I suppose one of the major surprise packages at this election locally was the performance of James Conway. James, uh, welcome back to the programme. Well, thank you very much for having me. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts immediately after your exclusion from the count, but a very impressive figure, ended up with almost 2,000 votes in the end. First of all, I want to thank everyone who helped me with the campaign and then everyone who came out and voted. 
It was absolutely wonderful. We only had really three weeks to come from Standing Stairt, which is a very low profile. And uh, we've got a result there where we've actually taken some fairly major scalps with us. And we're very, very happy. Very happy. So positivity is my major thought of the whole campaign. Now you outpolled former TD John Perry, amongst others, in terms of major parties that have formed governments in the last 10 or 15 years. You must be... What's next for, for James Conway? Where do you go from, from here? Well, I think we have a good chance. Um, I believe that uh, formation of government will be troublesome at the moment, so I think you could see another general election rather soon after this. Then you always have the opportunity for local elections, but I'd say there will probably be a general before the locals. Um, so I think we have a little basis now where we know what we're doing, we know how to canvas and how to canvas effectively. We actually... We were weighing it up last night. We would have actually got to 4,000 houses. And out of that 4,000 houses, we have nearly 1796 or something got like that. So we're nearly running at a 50% ratio that if we get to your house and there's two people in it, one of them will vote for you, which is wonderful, do you know? So um, we're on the right track. We've identified the right issues, which is the decimation of rural services. And we'll stick tight to it and we'll keep going. That's the predominant uh, hope. Do you believe genuinely that there's going to be a general election? How long would you expect that to be? Within six months, in my opinion. Um, I don't see the traditional parties motivating to change as much as they should be because we've had a very, very large swing to Sinn Féin. What they should be doing is coming out and saying, look, at now we're willing to work and let's get going. Obviously, Sinn Féin have got a massive youth vote, so... The, the major parties, what they should be doing is getting them on board, making a government, but they're very standoffish and I think they need to realise they need to get on board or there could be in a situation where Sinn Féin come back with two candidates in constituencies where they've ran one candidate this time and they could absolutely sweep the boards the next time. And if people see an election in a short period of time, it'll only worsen the problem for Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael because people will view it that they would not work with what they elected. So then that'll swing to independence then for the final two seats and three seats in constituencies. So um, I think there's a very good opportunity. It'll be soon after, I'd say within six months. Um, it'd suit me better if it was in summertime because you get a longer day to canvas. But uh, yeah, I'd be hopeful. Um, I think this is only the beginning for us and my family and my team. It's wonderful. We know what we're doing now a little bit. So we'll move on from that, I'm hoping. In terms of a general election, were one to come around, whether it's 6, 12 or 18 months down the line, would you expect to be on the ticket for that again? Will you definitely be there representing the people of Balnacaro and, and Sligo and Leitrim? Yeah, yeah, to be honest about it, uh, we have the deposit one back today, which is the 500. You know, look at the money we put into it. <coughs> we fundraised a bit and we put a few pounds of our own into it, but um, we've seen a distinctive return for three weeks of work. I believe if we had a better lead-in and maybe a time of year that allowed us to canvas a little bit later into the evenings and that, and actual, in actual fact, during the campaign, our team of canvassers was actually growing, which is a wonderful thing. We started off with a smaller team and then it continued to grow a bit as it went on. So I believe the opportunity is there for us. It's just to grasp the opportunity. And I think uh, we'd be in with a real good chance. We've had a few independents today, I would say, who may not run the next time <coughs> excuse me um, then we have some of the smaller parties who I believe after this election if they don't get 2% of the national poll that there's trouble with formation of the party again 
So we could have a situation where there's a lot less names on the ballot the next time, higher profile because we've done well in this election with 19 candidates running, I might add. So I'm, I'd be very hopeful. It, all politics seems to be about is identifying the right issues, being strong on them, knowing your opinion on them, and then um, meeting people, meeting the right people who gravitate in the right circles that they can get your name out there. So that's my predominant hope for future elections. Well, listen, James, thanks very much for taking time to chat to us. Hard luck on, I suppose, your exclusion from the race, but congratulations on, on surviving longer than h- half the field in, in the constituency. So uh, a very, very good performance for a first-time candidate. Well done. And thank you very much to yourself for giving me the opportunity to come on your podcast before and again today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brefna. Eamon Scanlon, we just heard the results of the 11th count here in Sligo Leitrim. How are you, how are you feeling about the whole thing so far? Uh, look, at it's very, very close. Um, it's definitely going to... What will decide this election, really, and the season of this election is um, the elimination of uh, Thomas Walsh, where his votes go, uh, if I can benefit so, somewhat from that. At the moment, I think I'm about 900 votes ahead of Frank Feehan, and uh, if I can maintain that, I'm in with a chance. If I don't, it's going to be very difficult. Obviously, Thomas Walsh comes from the geographical region. He's Sligo. He's linked to the, the region you're from yourself, whereas Frank Feehan, a running mate in terms of the party. So it's going to be an interesting divide. Do you have any in- information on how that tally is going to go? No, we haven't seen those papers yet, and, and uh, it's, that's the vote that will decide the election, where the seats go. Inter- I'd, be hopeful. I'd be hopeful. I'd be, you know, I've, I've, uh, I, I'm 900 ahead. Now Shane Ellison's votes have been distributed now, so I'd be hoping to have a good return off that. You know, if I can get yes, 900 off that, it certainly will keep me up there. No question about it. How has the campaign gone for you in the last three weeks? It's been a tough time, and I'm very lucky. I had some great people working for me. You know, those people out every day, canvassing seven days a week and uh, just to thank them so much uh, Director of Elections Keith Henry and the councillors Martin Baker and Paul Taylor and uh, the way they worked you know I couldn't ask anymore and there's nothing more we could have done really and truly I know I, I increased my vote from the last election by 400 which I think is against the national trend everybody else lost votes but look it's always tight I always have a tight election tight battle every time so I'm well used to it so hopefully it'll turn right on the on the night. You have a very good record, as you mentioned, of being very transfer friendly and, and getting in there for the maybe the last seat on the night. Looks like that's going to be what it's going to come down to again today. What do you put that down to? That popularity. Well, I, I work on the ground. You know, I have an office in Tobercory, one in Boyle, and one in Ballymote. I'd be very much on the ground working with the people. I, I know their issues, and there's a lot of national issues out there. I always say, but by God, there's a lot of local issues. People, you know, find things tough finding things difficult to try and help them out I'm there, I'm there for them Listen, the very best of luck as the evening develops here in the Sligo Park Hotel Thanks, thanks very much, thank you Chris McManus County Councillor here, Sinn Féin County Councillor here in County Sligo it's been a, a whirlwind kind of four or five weeks for you because originally nominated by Sinn Féin t- stepped down off the ticket now we're looking at a, a quarter and a quarter plus a decent left vote here. 
Uh, how are you feeling tonight? Well, the first thing is I have to say is that as a Sinn Féin activist for over 30 years, it's a brilliant day to be an Irish Republican and, and, and for the Sinn Féin party. We, we've taken 25% of the vote uh, statewide. Uh, here locally, we've uh, taken a, a quota and a quarter uh, on the first count and, and our, our candidate, Martin Kenny, I'm glad to say, romped home. Uh, for myself personally, uh, as uh, councillor up in Sligo Town area, we took nearly a quarter of the vote in Sligo Town, un which is unprecedented for a candidate based from another county. So I have to say, in the first and foremost, is it's a brilliant day to be an Irish Republican and a brilliant day to be a Sinn Féin activist. And I commend each and every one of those people who came out and used their vote for change and voted for Sinn Féin. But I suppose the question you, you, you asked, or, or you, you were phrasing it in terms of five weeks ago I was a candidate and, and, and my decision to step aside. Well, it was a decision I took. Uh, the party uh, expressed uh, a view that if we ran two candidates, that the vote could be split and that we could lose a seat. And bear in mind, four or five weeks ago, uh, you know, pundits, uh, the wider public, and indeed ourselves on the information at hand, we're, we're at maybe 12, 13% and we're probably looking at a situation where we were going to lose a number of seats across the state. So, in, 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 you know, and I, I recall in 2011 when Fianna Fáil ran two candidates and got a quota between them, Mark McSharry and Eamon Scanlon, and Michael Kilrevy came thankfully up through the middle as a Sinn Féin candidate and got elected as a Sinn Féin TD. So it was, it was a real fear. Uh, I'm not a person driven by personal ambition. To me, uh, the, the, the needs of uh, and, and the political principles of, of what I stand for are more important. I wanted to ensure there was a Sinn Féin TD representing the people of Sligo Leitrim uh, and in the best interests of ensuring that I took the decision to step aside. No regrets at all? Absolutely not, because if the same decision was uh, had to be made tomorrow based with the same information, I would still make, I would again make that same decision. You know, and I can understand people have been coming up to me the last day or two and say, you must be awful disappointed. I'm not. You see, because, you see, this is... Some people involved in politics, you know, are self-serving or, or, or they're looking for self-ambition. I'm not motivated by that. Obviously, I want the best platform possible to advocate the issues that are important to me, like national unity and housing and health and regional imbalance and all those other issues that, 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 that people want to see action on. But it's not about Chris McManus. It was about ensuring that a Republican the maximum Republican uh, uh, platform was ensured uh, and to do that I stepped aside so I do the exact same thing again uh, like I said now I think obviously if we can maintain this level of support uh, you know you have a situation there where with a quarter and a quarter with 15,000 votes a Sligo based candidate on the ticket as well would probably ensure 16, 17,000 votes with vote management uh, if I was still in, a, in a Sligo County in South Donegal were the areas I had in 2016 I, you know, I'd have had 8,000 plus in the first count and Martin probably would have had 8,000 plus in the first count which would have put us in first and second place on the first count and you would have to say then that we would be in a very strong position to take seats so I'm sure that law will be taken into the round whenever the next general election comes and if we were able to maintain that level of support by, by, by ensuring the trust that has been given to us that we respect it and we advocate for change Winston, 
well done from a Sinn Féin point of view. Commiserations maybe on a personal point of view. You're playing a, a fairly uh, straight-laced uh, version. There, can't, there has to be a little bit of regret. So I, I'm not quite sure I believe 100% that there's no regret. <laughs> but listen, uh, congratulations on a, a massive victory for Sinn Féin. It's not a victory for Sinn Féin, although it probably feels like one, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, it's a, it's a, victory, for, it's a victory for people. People wanted seeing Sinn Féin as a vehicle to deliver the change. And we need to ensure that, regardless of what happens, that as we move forward, that we articulate that, that we respect it, and we try as best as possible to ensure we get that change. That ordinary citizens who are being told time and time again that, that the country has turned the corner. Well, people don't feel that. You know, what we need to do is ensure that every decision we make is citizen-centred, that, that, that we ensure there's a roof above the head, that there's food on the plate, that you have a right to decent education, that you have a right to, to a proper uh, health service, and that when you're 65 years of age, you're able to retire with a bit of dignity. Those are the things that we need to put the ordinary person at the centre of every decision we make, and Sinn Féin will try and do that to the best of our ability. In a word, we're coming down here probably to between a sitting TD and a sitting senator, Frank Feehan from Fine Gael, Eamon Scanlon from Fianna Fáil. Who do you feel is going to get that last seat based on how it lies at the moment? I think, I think with, uh, it might, I, I would say that at this stage, uh, Declan Breeze after being eliminated with approximately uh, 5,000 plus votes, Marion Harkin is 1,200 votes shy of the quota. And I would say it's quite possible, if not probable, that Harkin will get enough from Declan Bree to get elected. That's not good for Fianna Fáil because Fianna Fáil would be hoping that with Marion Harkin staying in the race as a viable candidate, that when Thomas Walsh would then subsequently be eliminated, which is probably the next elimination, that Harkin would be sucking up votes that might go to, that might go otherwise to Fianna. So if Harkin's out of the race, it means there's an awful bigger lump of Walsh's vote when he's eliminated, which is a, is making an assumption, but on the figures it's looking likely that it's be, that's better for Feehan if Harkin is removed from the race because she's been elected. So I I, I, I would be cautious on it, uh, but I, I would have to say if you give me uh, one gambling chip to put on the roulette wheel, I'd be putting it on Frank Feehan at this stage for the final seat. Okay. Thank you very much, Chris.
Mark McSharry, it's all over here. You're in the next doll. You must be delighted with yourself. Look, I'm very pleased for the team and my family who have worked so hard. It's an honour and a privilege that I've been re-elected. But look, it's a very bittersweet day for me, uh, for my colleague and one of my closest friends, Eamon Scannon, for many, many years. Uh, not to have made it, um, uh, is, it makes it very, very bittersweet. Eamon was a great worker. Since 1985, his family, he gave it everything. And, you know, often mightn't have been in the media, mightn't have been out front and centre, but he was a professional ground hurler. And he helped an awful lot of people. He helped our party. And it's just very sad from that perspective today. Unfortunately, that has been happening in, in a lot of political families across the island over the last 24, 48 hours. Sure, yeah. yeah, it sure has. I mean, it's been a bad day for Fianna Fáil. We've lost this election. And as I said in the few words there, um, you know, those of us who have survived uh, and been spared by the people have spoken or have, uh, we, we, we have heard the people loud and clear in terms of, you know, they've spoken. Uh, we will do better and things will change. Where do you go from here in terms of the Fianna Fáil party? What's the prognosis on the government makeup? Yeah, obviously, I mean, it's been an emotional roller coaster here in Sligo Leitrim, so I've been very focused on it and not so much on the national end of things. I haven't spoken with colleagues yet. I would imagine that we will be meeting in the next kind of 48, 72 hours uh, for a full debrief uh, and consideration of the new reality that faces Irish politics. It seems to be that there'll be three thirds, three kind of blocks around the same. Uh, I don't know whether it'll pan out that Sinn Féin will actually have the most seats I think they have one seat maybe more yeah, than okay so so it's it's their prerogative now to 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 seek government formation and I know that nationally um, from some tweets I saw or whatever maybe it was on the back of an actual interview that Mary Lou McDonald was saying that they're going to seek to form government with the left um, and uh, so the best wishes to them with that it's their prerogative to do that uh, and uh, Fianna Fáil are prepared for a period in opposition if necessary uh, and we'll consider all issues when we meet later on in the week. There has been some speculation around the Count Centre tonight and I suppose on the nationally that we might be back here sooner than we think in terms of another general election. Do you see that being a situation that we might have to look forward to in the next couple of months? Well, I think, uh, you know... I know you've only just got in the door, yeah, but... The TDs have been elected now. 
and they have a responsibility to put a government together. There's no reason why that can't happen. So uh, if, it, if there's another election in a short period of time, it's a failing of politics. Now, we've got over humps in the past with creative approaches. There may have been a very heavy political price for the likes of confidence and supply, as you'll see from our uh, outcome. Um, but I believe all that needs to be done should be done to ensure uh, that a government is in place. There are critical negotiations coming up on Brexit. We have a critical problem with housing and health, the cost of living, and uh, the country does not need another election. Well, Mark, listen, congratulations. You've just <coughs> freshly elected just off the podium here. Thank you very much for the name check in the middle of the speech as well. I really appreciate it. Listen, you're, you're more than welcome. Um, on the Sligo side, on the digital, uh, we had uh, very good service like yourself with Sligo today for a period. Of, um, Lord of mercy on the poor man who used to do that passed on. Um, Leitrim and the North West need the medium that Leitrim Daily provides. And I hope it expands because... Um, in a modern world, digital media is critical for informing people, for keeping people in touch, uh, to, 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 to assist with isolationism in very rural areas that we'd be familiar in this constituency over, over perhaps many national. So anything I can do to support Leitrim Daily and indeed others that, that enter the same lane, I'll be doing it. Perfect. Well, listen, congratulations again. Thank you very Thank much for you. your support. Thanks. Listen, thanks very And that, folks, is all we have time for on today's show. A massive congratulations to the four successful candidates, to Martin Kenny of Sinn Féin, Marion Harkin, an independent ca candidate, to Mark McSharry of Fianna Fáil and Frank Fian of Fine Gael. Huge congratulations to the four of you, but also to the 15 unsuccessful candidates on this instance. Some fantastic performances, some disappointing performances, I'm sure, and of course, as Mark McSharry mentioned, uh, our sympathies to Eamon Scanlon on the loss of his seat. Uh, it can never be easy for a candidate, particularly one whose full-time focus for so long has been on looking after the people of this area. But that is the situation with democracy and the people have spoken and your new four TDs will represent the county and the area until such time as there is another general election called. So it's on them now with their parties to forge ahead and form a government to run this country for the next hopefully five years and hopefully those predictions of being back in a count centre and an election booth over the course of the next few months or even year will not come to pass. I know we've all got a little bit of election fatigue and it will be nice to have a little bit of a break from the posters, the campaigns and the promises on our media outlets at every single turn. We will be back really shortly with the sports review of the weekend. And from a political point of view, I'll be joined with Pascal Mooney on Saturday for the proper version of A Current Affair to look at that formation of government uh, and what might be in store for the country over the next four to six weeks while they batten down the hatches and try and negotiate a deal for how the government is going to run in this country over the next few years. Talk to you then.